If you'd like to open your Bibles to Isaiah 55, we're getting close. It's only 66 chapters, <laughs> so, so we're getting close. Anybody here been to Israel? Did, have you seen a, one of those guys walking around with those huge pots on their back, like a backpack, selling drinks? Okay, good, because uh, if you, for the rest of you, it's like I just told you about it, and, and that's all you're going to get, so sorry about that. You can look it up. You can look up... Uh, uh, drink, beverage sellers in the souk, S-O-U-K. Uh, souk is what they call the market there. Okay, so, but, but uh, and, and you can see what these guys look like. It's pretty amazing. I actually came up with a picture of a guy in London. <laughs> but he was doing it. I showed John, and, and it was exactly what I was talking about. But, but, you know, you go to a ball game. You go to a ball game, and you're hungry, you're thirsty. You can get up, and you can go down to the place, you know, where they're selling it in the, in the front, or you can just wait, because someone will come by going, you know, hot dogs, hot dogs, get your peanuts, popcorn, or more likely, beer, get your beer, ice cold beer here. You'll never hear me hawking beer again. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, but, but, you know, that's what they do, and, and uh, you know, I like ice cream. That's the one I want to hear, but, but you got that picture in your mind, okay? Now that you've got that picture in your mind, look at Isaiah 55, the first couple of words. Depending on your Bible, it, it, the first word in the Bible is ho, ho there, you, hey, come get your water, come get your, that's what he's doing. This is the picture of a water sell, seller or water vendor in the market, going around and selling water to the thirsty people. Uh, you there, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Why do you spend money on what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Right? Today we're going to look at what is valuable but free, at what is not valuable but we waste our money on, and that if we pay attention, he's offering us life. Right? So, so let's start with this valuable but free. Hey, pay attention. And, and, and so the first word of this chapter is hoy, or you may know it as oi, as in oi ve. <laughs> yeah. and, and it's the same word. The same word can be used to express woe or joy. In fact, more often it's more of a woe kind of thing. It can be translated as ah, 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 not ah, but more ah. <laughs> right? Alas, ho, o. Oh, or whoa, <laughs> okay? Uh, and, and as we look at our different Bibles uh, at, at the start of this verse, we see that it can be translated in lots of other ways. The translators are trying to get the idea across, and, and they do a lot of things. And so some of the ways I found are, you know, this version I have here says, you there, which makes me, it's suspicious, you know? You're in a crowd and someone says, hey, you there. <laughs> you know? It's like, no, don't go over to that person because that sounds, it sounds like a con right off the top. You there, or ho, ho is my favorite. Ho, you who are thirsty. That sounds, that sounds like the vendor, and that really is the picture that I think they have here. Some choose to repeat the word come, and it will say, come, uh, you, everyone who is thirsty. Uh, you, and then he later on says, you had no money, come by and eat, and it repeats that word come twice. The Amplified says, wait and listen. But that sounds so calm and respectful. Wait and listen, okay? As I tell you this doctoral process, <laughs> you know, and, and it, it, I, I don't think it catches the mood of what's going on. I think, I think 
you know, it's like I respect Bible translators, and I know sometimes that, that may not come across because I'm always finding fault with them. <laughs> but I respect what they do so much and their skill and their ability. But sometimes I think they're working too hard to make things sound right. Not, not right as in accurate, but as in proper. And, 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 and so you there. I, I really think it's, ho, you there. <laughs> Why some water? Got some water. You who are thirsty, come by and drink. And, and, and it may sound a little bit less respectful, but picture a guy selling water on the street. You know, it's, it's, it's not, pe- uh, the modern equivalent would be the guy, uh, of what this guy looked like, would be a guy wearing a camel pack. You know, hikers, camel pack, got, got the, the backpack, he's got some water up there, he's got the, the hose coming out, and he, he doesn't share. Right? And, and, and once you see him drink a little, you don't want him to share. <laughs> he's got his mouth germs all over that thing. I know if he's right, he's holding it back and squirting it. Well, this guy's got something like that. He's got this big backpack. It's all metal. And, and, and it goes up to about there. You know? <laughs> and it's, it's got, I, don't, I don't understand. And he's not selling water. The, the guys you see now, they're selling juice of some sort or, or tea or something like that. And, and he's got this thing, and, and uh, he's selling drinks. And, and you know, people are in the souk. It's hot. It's thirsty. They walk to get there. There's, there's not drinking fountains there. You know, there's not, not snack shops. And there's a guy walking around saying, get your water. And you go, hey, hey, want some water? And you give him however much money. I, I remember, I, I think I bought some of the juice, and it was like, well, that's interesting. You know, it's not what we typically drink, but it didn't kill me. Uh, so <laughs> so it's, like, it's like, it's okay. Uh, and, and that's what's going on here is, is this guy is selling what we need. And he sees you and he calls it and we have the man who has what you want and he offers you what you want. And then he says, by the way, no charge. John, I'm going to tell you what Joan and I got away with the other day. <laughs> we've, we've never been to that uh, Dutch Brothers, you know, going in by Airway Heights across from the North 40. And, and it was just that time of day I said, hey, let's go try out that Dutch Brothers. And we go out and we've never been there before. I think it showed. You know, and, and uh, I think the girl said, oh, what a cute old couple. <laughs> but, 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 you know, and it was a beautiful day outside. And, and so we drive up, and, and everybody's, it's, it says split into two lanes, so we split into the right-hand lane. Everybody else went to the left. I said, this doesn't look good. And I think she said, these people don't know what they're doing. But she walks over, and I, I just start out by saying, man, it's a beautiful day for your job. And she says, yeah, and we talked a little bit. And she asked what we want, and I said, what's your special? She goes through the special, and I'm going, I don't want that. Monster drinks, all this kind of junk. I don't, I'm sorry, coffee. I want coffee. <laughs> so, so we ordered lattes, and she says, by the way, it's free. Guess where we're going back? <laughs> and we're going to act like we don't know that. <laughs> we got, we got our, our, these free lot. It was nice. It was good. You know, it's like, this is awesome. It was, he says, it's free. It was, we, actually, we gave a really big tip. <laughs> but uh, um, that's what this guy says. It's free. I have what you want, and you can have it for free. Uh, I'm going to give it to you. And, and what is it he's giving for free? He says, he says water, right? First he says water, then he says food, then he says wine, then he says milk. And he, he just is adding to it. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost, right? Water, food, wine, milk, and all for free. Uh, and, and then we jump down to verse 3 because we want to figure out what, what is this? What is this water, food, wine, and milk? Because he's not talking about food here. Food is an illustration of something else. So what is he talking about? Let's look down to verse 3. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. 
Listen that you may live. And he is, he is selling life. And when we look at water and, and food and, and the wine and the milk, we're looking at the things that give us life. Uh, and, and I don't know if I can possibly do this without talking about the woman at the well. And, and in fact, was re this is really uh, interesting. Uh, it's been, God has been beating on me with this message all week, if beating is the right word. Uh, Joan and I are reading your book, Sandy, The, the Life of Hudson Taylor. It's, uh, it's a fascinating, it's, it's, I would say it's a small book, but this print is so small. <laughs> but I think if the print was big, it would be a big book. <laughs> but but uh, we're, we're in this chapter, where, or been in these couple of chapters, where he keeps talking about the water of life, the water of life, and, and thirsting no more. And I'm thinking, wow, I could just come in and read a couple chapters of this, except I'd have to do this. And, and it hurts my eyes too much to, <laughs> to read it that hard. And, and I think there's so many places. He kept going to other passages of John, so many places where we talk about the vitality and the importance of water water. But the passage I thought of was the woman at the well, the woman who went and Jesus said, the water that I give you will spring up in you and give you wells of water, right? Uh, so starting in, in uh, John chapter, oh, I'm in the, looking at the wrong, John 4, sorry, for the woman in the well. I'll start at, uh, I'll start at verse uh, 3. He left Judea and went away again to Galilee, and he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Sychar, near the parcel of land that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, tired from his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about the sixth hour, which means noon, right? Sun's hot. It's up in the sky. It's noon. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for the disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, now by the way, you get the, you get the impression of why a water seller would be a, a, a good job. You go, it's just water. Why, would, well, why do people buy bottled water today? You know, it's like, I, 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 it still boggles my mind. I, I used to not buy water anywhere because it just offended me. That, well, I would pay money for it. I could get it from the tap. But then one day I was drinking a soda. I thought, you know, water would actually be better. <laughs> and, and so I'll, I'll actually buy water. It offends me, but I do it. Well, the, they, they, she had to go out of town to the well to get water because you couldn't get water in town. And, and, and so you're down there with you got your, your little camel pack full of water. You can sell water. It's like, what a, what a racket. Uh, anyway, so uh, he says, give me a drink for his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, though a Jew, are asking me for a drink, though I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied to her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. She said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you? He said, Yeah. <laughs> You are not father, greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? And Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never be thirsty. But the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of, uh, a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. And he started dancing. He said, spring up, oh well, splish, splash. No, he, he prob pro probably didn't do that, right? Uh, he said, the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up for eternal life. Jesus gives us the water of life, and it is water that does not give out. 
It is a fountain of water that, that is eternal, that, is, that continues flowing. Uh, it springs up forever and ever. And the water and the food that he's talking about and our life, the food and, food and water, bread and water that you live on in, in the jail, it's the, it's the bare sustenance of life. But then again, back in Isaiah, he doesn't stop with bread and water. He goes on and he adds wine and milk. Okay, what is that about? Because he's adding what we don't need. We don't need wine and milk, but we like it. I don't drink wine, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They are luxury items. They are more than just the bare necessities. They are luxury items. They are more than what we need. We really don't need it. You know, uh, in Europe, I think they, I, I don't know how many of you adults, especially grandparents, still drink milk, but I do. Right, and, and and so Joan will say, "What do you want for dinner? Do you want milk, water, or something else?" And, and I'll usually say water, but every now and then I'll say milk. And the other day, she said chocolate milk, and I said, "Yeah, I want chocolate milk." And Judah said, "Papa, you don't drink chocolate milk. Kids drink chocolate milk." <laughs> well, guess who drank chocolate milk? <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> you can tell me I can't have chocolate milk, but Jesus said I could. <laughs> it's, it's a luxury. It's a luxury. Jesus is giving us life, and he's not just giving us bare life. He's not giving us just minimum life. He is giving us abundant life. The life we have in Christ is better than the life we have without Christ. I don't care what other things are in your life or not in your life. Those things are peripheral or even coincidental. But the things that really matter for life are from him, and it is an abundant life. It is meaningful. It is deep, and it is rich. And, and, and he gives us life. And, and he says, buy what you cannot pay for. He uses the word buy twice there. You, there, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. You have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. And he's acknowledging it has to be bought. It must be paid for. But he says, you can't pay for it. It must be paid for. You can't pay for it. How do you buy something that you can't pay for? And he says, come buy and eat. You don't have any money. Come buy and eat. Well, he's giving us the means to buy it. It's something that we have already paid for. Uh, we find the word twice, and then we're told without money and without cost. And first, it has a price. And second, you have nothing to offer for it if you wanted to pay for it. You do not have the ability to pay for this. And how do you buy life when the wages of sin is death? And you have been banking death for years. And all you have to draw from your bank is death. And he says, come by life, because your death will not buy life. Because your death is a tainted death. But Jesus' death was not a tainted death. And Jesus' life was not a tainted life. The only thing you have to pay with is what you've earned. We're all familiar with that. We, we look in the bank. We go to pay from, for, for whatever comes across. And we can pay because we have what we have got earned in there. And it's what it takes to pay. But if it's the wrong currency, if it's the wrong thing, you can't pay. All you've earned is money. You haven't earned whatever that other thing is that, that is wanted. And when you've earned death, you cannot pay for life. And besides that, God's not accepting payment for it. Jesus Christ, by his death, bought us life. And he charges us nothing, at no cost to us. But it came at a cost, but he gives, us to, gives it to us at no cost so, so we, can, we can get it. And what would you offer God? 
What, what would you offer God and say, no, no, God, let me cover it? I have a friend I've, I've shared a few times. He's a millionaire. And uh, he was over in Spokane once, and we, you know, me and a couple of old you know, high school buddies, we got together, and we were in Spokane doing something. And we went to, uh, we, we did a lot of different things that we were too old to do, like climbing walls and, and go-karts and things like that. And, and we walked in to one of the places, and we all start pulling out our walls. And he looks at it, and he goes, five, five minutes. Uh, did he say five? No, five dollars. Five dollars. He said five dollars. So we go, what? He says, five dollars. Five dollars what? He says, that's what I earn every minute in interest. <laughs> okay, you can pay. <laughs> what am I going to do to compete with that? You know, it's like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, it, it's like, I, I, my money is no good in that situation. And it, it, as if I had it, I actually did have my money to pay for it. But it's like, you got to be kidding me. Why would I do that? Uh, why, why, you, there's no reason to do that. Uh, God says he is paying. But what would you offer God for life that he gave his own son to cover? What would you offer that you think he would find acceptable as a replacement for that? Right? He, he's, not, he's not merely the, the one who paid the price. He's the one who receives the payment. He's got to find what you have to offer acceptable. What in the world do you think you could offer that he would say, oh, that's an, effect, uh, 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 an acceptable substitute for my son? It's like, you have got to be kidding me. Are you going to offer him money? Will you promise to be good? Doesn't that sound really, really lame? I know you offered, your, you gave your son God, but I promise to be good. And it's a promise you won't keep. What do you possibly think you could offer to God that would, would be valuable enough for him to give you eternal life in exchange for it? And it's like, I never thought of it that way. No, you didn't. If, if you think you can offer him something for eternal life. So he tells us to buy because it must be paid for, but then he pays for it himself, and that is the only payment that he accepts. And we look at verse 2, and we find that people are spending, the things they are spending for are the wrong things. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Why do you do that? We all know, though, right, that he who has the most toys when he dies wins. I had a t-shirt, said it once. Uh, it was back when I was a Bible college student. I worked at Bible school, and I thought they were going to kick me out. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I thought it was good irony. But no, man, I got jumped on. <laughs> I was a bad person. Get rid of that shirt, which I did because it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> it was supposed to be fun, uh, but it wasn't. But he who has the most toys and he dies wins? No, he just dies. Right? How many things that do not satisfy do you have to try before you finally figure out that lesson? Look, Solomon... Solomon in, in Ecclesiastes gives his story of doing that. And I'm going to read just a portion from Ecclesiastes. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter uh, um, 2. He's, he's giving kind of a summary of the things he tried. See, Solomon had the ability. See, we, we know in theory that money can't buy you love, that money can't buy you happiness. We know in theory. But, you know, then we have the rich people saying, yeah, it can't, but it doesn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we go, hmm. You know, the guy's saying $5, and I'm going, ooh, $5 a minute? 
could I do that for a day? <laughs> That'd be really nice. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, I don't know how many minutes that is. Did you do the math for me right there? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it's uh, I gotta get back to my brain, and my brain back to where I'm going. Solomon, Solomon had the ability to actually test it out. He had the ability to actually test it out, where we have to settle for theory, you know, experience and extrapolate and project and all that stuff. Solomon got to try it out. So uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I said to myself, come now, I will test you with pleasure. So enjoy yourself, and behold, it too is futility. I said, of laughter, it is senseless, and of pleasure, what does this accomplish? I explored with my mind how to refresh my body with wine while my mind was guiding me wisely, and to see how to seize foolishness until I could see what is good there for the sons of mankind to do under heaven for the few years of their lives. I enlarged my works. I built houses for myself. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks for myself. I planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. I made ponds of water for myself from which to irrigate the forest of growing trees. I bought male and female slaves, and I had slaves born at home. I also possessed flocks and herds larger than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. I also amassed for myself silver and gold and the treasure of kings and provinces. I provided for myself male and female singers and the pleasures of the sons of mankind, many concubines. Then I became great and increased more than all who preceded me in Jerusalem. My wisdom also stood by me. All that my eyes desired, I did not refuse them. I did not restrain my heart from any pleasure, for my heart was pleased because of all my labor. And this was my reward for all my labor. Verse 11. So I considered all my activities which my hands had done and the labor which I had exerted, and behold, all was futility and striving after wind, and there was no benefit under the sun. See, he got to actually test it out. We can read those things and say, oh, I can't do that, can't do that, can't do that. It's like a checklist of things you cannot do, right? If you wanted to, you, you don't have the means, and if you had the means, hopefully you're smart enough not to want to, <laughs> at least some of those. Solomon experientially proved this. Just in case, just in case, you know, the theory doesn't work. You know, the only way to prove a theory is to prove it. <laughs> you can, you can, and at some point we say, okay, it's proven enough that I'll accept it. And he reached the obvious conclusion, and it is the line he used to start the book with. Foolishness, depending on your version, I still like vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Pure futility, futility. Everything is futile. And yet people chase after things that cannot give satisfaction in life while ignoring the things that can. Right? Money is a trap. Possessions are a trap. Fame is a trap. And power is a trap. And so on and so on and so on. And everything you seek, it's a trap. Because everything, as you get them, you have to maintain them. Right? Uh, have you thought about what the Ukrainians have to go home to? Those that have fled, because I have. Homes demolished, maybe hard to figure out exactly where it was that you lived when you were there, right? You can't hang on to these things. I mean, and we go, well, I can. I'm an American, by golly. <laughs> I can hang on to it. Well, maybe you can. I hope so. You know, it's, it'd be nice to, to be able to hang on to these things. But, but, even hanging on to them, each of these things needs to be maintained. I put a roof on my house. Uh, Robert's not here, that's too bad, because Robert helped me. Robert and Clifford helped me put that roof on. They were probably about 
15, 16. I'm looking at Tiffany. She's not helping me at all. Okay. Uh, they're probably about 15, 16. I put that roof on. I waited. You know, you can wait a while to put a roof on between when it needs to be put on and not. And, and I waited because I'm the kind of guy who likes to get up and actually do these things for myself. And I wanted to wait until I was old enough that when that roof was old enough to need to be replaced, I would be old enough that I said, I'm not doing that myself. How old are Robert and Clifford now? <laughs> okay, it's, it's a 30-year roof. I'm halfway there. I'm starting to go, yeah, you know, I might still climb up on there. <laughs> you know, the, problem, the problem isn't whether I feel good enough. The problem is that roofs are really expensive. <laughs> they need to be done. The things we own need to be maintained. They're traps. They are traps. Money is a trap. You, you need to protect your money. First you get your money, then you have to protect your money. So when you die, you still have lots of money? <laughs> I, I, it's it's, it's kind of hard to, to fathom it. Each of these things, as you get it, demands to be maintained, and each requires time and work and attention and protection. And, and the things we get to protect us, we have to protect them too. And Jesus gave us another alternative. This is going to be really predictable. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. We can go to other places in Matthew chapter 6 because he's talking about the things we, we pursue. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20 say this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Jesus gave us a better alternative. If we're not careful, we will spend our lives pursuing things that only distract us from what is important. Like the person starving to death while eating his fill of junk food. He's, he's eating plenty. He's, he's putting plenty in his mouth, but none of it is any good for him, and he's dying of malnutrition. Right? Uh, is our modern world. Always in pursuit of what is bigger and better and more exciting and flashier and never recognizing what is essential. And it doesn't matter how well you pursue the wrong thing, how successfully you pursue the wrong thing, how much of the wrong thing you're able to amass for yourself, it cannot provide the right thing. So he says, why spend money for what does not satisfy? And, and guess what? When I say that, here's a little, a little clue of the human nature. Is it's not, we're not, I'm, I'm talking in modern terms of something that was true in 700 B.C. when this was written. Man has not changed. We are the same. We have, we have better toys. Our toys are. I mean, I don't know what their toys were, but I can guarantee you ours are better. <laughs> it's like, yeah, to, the, to the point that we can walk around in a T-shirt that says, if I have the most toys, I win. <laughs> but they don't do the job. And then he says, "Incline your, he says, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and delight yourself in abundance, that abundant life. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen that you may live and I will make an everlasting covenant with you according to the faithful mercies shown to David. Listen carefully. Incline your ear. Listen that you may live. Those are all phrases pulled out of there. And this is not something that you figure out. This is something God gives you. 
He, he, this is something God tells you. He, he reveals this to you. Listen. God says, listen to what I'm saying. I have what you need. This is not something you earn. It's not something you figure out. It's not something you earn. It's something you are given and that you accept. And God will make an everlasting covenant with you, a binding, formal agreement that cannot be broken and will never end. Right? This is better than the, the covenant that says, as long as the sun shines in the sky and the moon at night, this word will not be broken. Oh, this is going beyond that. <laughs> this, this covenant goes to when there is no sun, no longer any sun, because Jesus is the light. This is a covenant, by the way, you and I cannot offer. You cannot offer anybody that covenant because you do not have the power to do it. You do not have the authority to do it. You do not have the ability to cover that offer. All we can do is accept the offer. That's all we get to do. According, and he says, according to the faithful mercy shown to David, uh, faithful mercy, forgiveness that does not fail, mercy that continues after sin. And let's look at our scripture reading. Uh, if you notice, our scripture reading was the same chapter, just a little bit farther down. Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked abandon his way and the unrighteous person his thoughts and let him return to the Lord and he will have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. Seek the Lord while he is near. I'll tell you something. Now is the time, now is the day of salvation. Now he is near. If you are stalling, if you are putting it off, if you are hedging your bets and wondering if you should do that sometime, now is the time. It is very foolish to count on a tomorrow you do not know. You do not possess tomorrow. Tomorrow you will possess tomorrow, but it will be today. And we only possess today right now. You don't have that. Now is the time. He says, abandon wickedness. Turn to God. He will have compassion and pardon. He wants to do that. If you have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, do so. Don't put it off. Don't wait. You don't have to have me tell you anything more. You pray. Dear Jesus, I ask you to be my Savior. Mean it. It's not a magic spell. Because he wants to, he wants to forgive you. He already paid the price. It's not like he's going to sit and think about it after doing that. He thought about it. He did it. You're the one who's stalling. But, having said all that, I want to tell you that there's a... Sorry, that's really good. <laughs> He's way better than I am. Can I hand you a mic? <laughs> there is a message. This is not a message for the people who have not accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, or at least not only for them. Because there is absolutely a message in this for those who have. Because Jesus doesn't just offer us life. Jesus offers us abundant life life more abundantly. Live according to the things that you claim you value. Right? You made the claim, show it by your actions. Don't claim Christ and then live as though your highest values are of the world. Like most Christians do. Right? We claim Christ and then we live to please ourselves. And that is not, that, that's Buying what does not satisfy. 
It's what he tells you not to do. Why waste your money on what is not good? Believers too often spend their money on what is not bread and their wages on what does not satisfy. And when I say that, I'm not talking about your money. I, you know, money is an important part of your faith, but I'm not talking about your money. I'm talking about your life, what you spend your life on, what you pursue with your life, and, and spend their money on what is not bread and their wages on what does not satisfy, and that is not abundant life. That is meager, barely alive life. The parable of the, so- the soils, right? The sower went out to sow, and he threw some seed, and some seed landed on the hard ground. And it bounced around, and the birds came and plucked it up, and the seed produced nothing. The next seed he threw, and it fell on the rocky ground, and it grew up, and it had no root, and the sun came, and it died away, and it was gone. The third seed now. The third seed, he came, and he threw it out, and it fell among the thorns and briars, and as it grew up, they choked it out, like the cares and the worries of this world do, and it produced no fruit. It did not die, but it produced no fruit. That's what happens when we pursue the wrong things, when Christians pursue the wrong things. You're alive, but barely. What what value, what possible value is unproductive crops? Why does the farmer plant if it's going to come up and not produce grain? Got a bunch of stalks, he might as well plant a lawn. It, it, It produces oxygen, I guess. But it's not what he seeks. That's not not abundant life. It's life, but it's barely life. And he wants us to have abundant life. He wants to give us better, better life. And you can choke out your fruitfulness on the cares of this world. And I want to tell you, do not let that happen to you. Uh, Live with eternal values in mind and find your satisfaction in Christ. Let's pray. Father God, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you paid that price, and I thank you that you call us to the water. Lord, that you give it abundantly and freely, and you give us abundant life, and I ask that we will embrace that. Father, if there is anyone here who is still on the fence and not choosing you as their Savior, that they will. But Father, for each one of us to choose, not just to have you as our Savior, but as our our Lord, that we will live for you and seek to please you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.